Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. Last week, you know, talking about Mary and talking about favor and how favor doesn't feel like favor sometimes. And then studying for this week, because I want to talk a little bit about Joseph this week. Just reminded me all over again how amazing it is that God chose to involve human beings in the process of saving the world. He chose a human being, Mary, to be the one to carry for nine months and give birth to the Savior of the world, the Son of God. He called Joseph to be a stepfather, if you will, um, of Jesus and take the responsibility of stewarding his, his growing up years, being responsible as a father, earthly father, to steward his growing up years, to be there, to teach him, to lead him, and in all the things that a father does, he, God chose a human being to do those things. And that absolutely amazes me sometimes when I think about God choosing us to do something in the process of his saving this world. And I think sometimes we, we can kind of get to this place where we forget how important it is that we follow through and carry out the plan that God has for each of us because he didn't just quit when Jesus came into the world, right? Okay, do y'all want to play 12 Days of Christmas again? I don't know. I mean, y'all are more excited about that than the Word of God? I don't know. What a... You with me? You have, God has a plan for you in the process of what He's doing in this earth now. And the plan that He has for you is not for you to do your plan, but for you to do His plan. And He has anointed you, and He has blessed you, and given you everything that you need to carry out that process, just like He did Joseph. His plans for us didn't end back then. His plan for you is just as important now as it was then because not only now are we not bringing Jesus into this world, but we are presenting him to the world and we're living him out our lives. And I think that's just, that's very important, isn't it? Sometimes trying to walk out the plan of God is, is somewhat intimidating. And sometimes it's easy to get a little fearful. Sometimes we can look at the plan and say, this is my plan, Lord, let's go with my plan. And God says, no, you're not, I don't want you to do your plan. I've got a plan. I want you to carry out my plan. And I think that's where Joseph found himself. So look with me, if you will, to Matthew. And we're going to read about this guy. How many of you know, how many of you know how important Joseph's task was I mean we know Mary and Mary bringing the Savior into the world we understand that one but Joseph wasn't just there to kind of hang out 
Joseph had a job to do. And I think sometimes in any job that we carry out for the Lord, it requires an abundance of courage. And there are times in my life, and I don't know about you, but there are times in my life that when I'm looking at my courage meter, I'm thinking, mm, it's running a little low. And you can't do what God's called you to do. You can't walk out His plan for your life without courage. I think if we were to take courage and, and if we were to, to dissect courage, if we were to open courage up and see what is it, what is it that really makes up courage? I mean, most of us know if, if we're lacking peace, we know it, right? Don't you, don't you sense sometimes, like, you know what, I'm just not as at peace as I ought to be? And there are times we know when we're lacking joy. It's like I know everybody's talking about joy and singing about joy, but I'm just not, it just doesn't seem to be there for me. And I think the same way we, can, we know when we're missing courage. We know when courage is missing because we, see, we tend to, to back off of the things that we've been called to do in this world as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. We tend to fear what others think. We tend to fear rejection from people. We tend to allow fear to get involved in our life and so suddenly we find ourselves backing off when the world is moving full force and lacking no courage at all to do what they're doing and in, 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 in speaking the message that they're carrying. And so if we don't match that with a courage that can only come from the Holy Spirit. Now when I'm talking about courage, I'm not talking about a meanness. Some people hear me say, when I'm talking about courage, you think that's just being mean to the world. That's not what I'm saying. But it's going to take courage to walk out what God has called us to do in this world. Are you with me? So look at uh, verse 18. Verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was, listen to this, faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. The very first thing that we see right there for Joseph is this division in his mind. He's faithful to the law of God. He wants to remain faithful to the law of God. At the same time, his faithfulness to the law of God has put him in a very awkward situation. So how does he deal with this fact that, that Mary, his, and, and if you understand it, those days, engagement, uh, we, we look at engagement and we look at marriage, they signed, there was a contract, literally a contract signed, and many times the husband and the wife were, were put together by parents, and it wasn't because they chose to do it, uh, but they were put together by parents, and there was a contract signed. There was some, there was some uh, what we call in the real estate business, earnest money put down, 
And so there was a gift given and a contract signed, which meant that for them to part, it took a, an act of divorce, even though they were, had not gone through the marriage ceremony. Does that make sense? And so that's why at this point that though they're not married yet, it's still going to require a divorce. And Joseph is thinking in his mind, my wife is pregnant and I know that some say it is the Holy Spirit, but I'm really struggling with that part. I mean, how many of you men would struggle if your wife came home and said, honey, I'm pregnant, but no worries, the Holy Spirit. Would we struggle? Joseph was an ordinary man. And so I'm sure there's a part of him that struggled with that. So he thought, here's what I can do. I will divorce her quietly. I'm not going to make a disgrace of her among everybody. And so we see that he was a man that was, Scripture said, faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her, which means that he was also a man of character and he was a man of compassion. And so now all of this has put him in a very difficult situation. So verse 20 says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to, make, to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. This is interesting. This is awesome stuff. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive, give birth, a son, uh, give birth a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. And he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph is very involved in this situation, but did you notice Joseph's plan? Joseph's plan, a very thought-out plan, was to divorce Mary. But God had another plan. Have you ever been in a situation where your plan seemed like the best route, well thought out, you had sat down, you tried to think of everything in the, in the situation that you could think of, and you come to a conclusion thinking this has to be the right way to go. Only to find out that what had to be the right way to go was not the right way to go at all. Because God's plan for your life was not the same plan as His plan for your life. I'm telling you, when you're, when you're young and unmarried, one of the most difficult times of your life, um, I, I, I would not want to go back to be a teenager again. I would not want to go back to, to being in that moment of trying to figure out who, I'm, who am I going to marry? Who's going to be my spouse? Who am I going to uh, spend the rest of my life with or at least in the next few years until we get divorced and I marry somebody else? I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of the way we think today, right? Probably get two or three years out of this one until we move on to the next one. Hello? And so a lot of times as young people, it's like, okay, uh, I want to get married. And my plan for me to get married is 
then you know I have to pretend to be this kind of person. And I see Christian, I see Christian young people a lot of times giving up uh, parts of themselves, giving up a very uh, intimate part of themselves to try to secure a relationship. That plan doesn't work. Wouldn't it be better to win somebody because of your holy walk with the Lord than to win somebody by having sex with them so that you can hang on to them so that they won't go have sex with somebody else and end up with somebody else? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and hook him up now and do what I need to do. And then, you know, I mean, I, got, I love Jesus and Jesus is going to be all part of my life. Mom and dad have been praying for me all these years and so i got every intention of uh, walking with the Lord, but I realize that there are lo- it's kind of hard to find a good one out there nowadays anyway. So what I can do, and I like this one pretty good, and he's fairly good looking, she's fairly pretty, so I think what I'll do is kind of hang on to this situation, do what I need to do to get them hooked up, and we, now that we know what you got to do to kind of hang on now because if you love me, you will. So I love you, so I will, so I do, and then we can't figure out why uh, if you love me, I will, and I did, and then somebody else comes along and did too, and so now I lost him because I hung on to him because I got him the wrong way. I'll have to go back and listen to that one again. (laughs) I'm not even sure I know what I just said. If you give yourself To get somebody, that's what it's going to take to hang on to them, and somebody else is going to come along and do that very thing to get them away from you. I don't know where this part came from, but I learned a long time ago that just drop it, bud. Just let it, and when I say drop it, doesn't mean quit it. You just give them what I give you, and I'll take care of getting it where it needs to go. If you want to get somebody that will walk with you for your entire life, have enough courage to get them through living a holy life. Does that make sense? Have enough courage to pray. Have enough courage to spend time with God. Have enough courage to say, uh, you know what, I, I mean, I know what you want to do, but I, I, think we need to, uh, I think we need to pray about this. Have the courage to let God's plan play out in your life rather than you choosing a plan and trying to manipulate the situation to get what you think you want. Just say, God, I'm going to walk with you in your plan. Joseph's plan was to divorce her because he saw no other way out. How can I best do this to where I am not going to be ridiculed and she won't be ridiculed? How am I best going to do this to the point that that people are not going to make fun of her, but they're also not going to make fun of me either, saying, well, you married a whatever. So Joseph comes to the place where he, he, he makes a decision. What have you made a decision on lately that you need the courage to back off and say, God, what do you want with my life? Courage is vitally important 
in our walk with the Lord. And if you open up courage, if we say, what is courage? Let, let's, let's do an autopsy of courage. Let's open up courage and look and see what's in there that makes that courage. You're going to find that inside of there is a, is, an, is a relentless faith in God. Inside of there is a faith that says, I will not quit. Inside of there is a faith. You remember the scripture that we need to fight the good fight of faith. Inside of there is a fighting faith. And where fighting faith is not present... Courage won't be present. We live in some troubled times. And God's people got to have some courage. We've got to find some courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. See, courage only works where fear is present. You don't need courage if you're not afraid, right? So there's got to be this place where we face, where fear comes up and gets in our face. Have you ever had fear get up in your face? And everywhere you turn, he keeps popping up and he keeps telling you you're not going to make it. You're going to be a failure. Yeah, you're, you've never amounted to anything and you're never going to amount to anything and God is not there and God won't come through and you prayed and he didn't answer this and God will never come through and do what it is that you need for him to do in your life and God will leave you alone and he will forsake you. Don't you remember the time and fear gets in your face. And in those moments, courage is required. And if courage is not present, you will get yourself beat up more times than you can even imagine. And I'm afraid what I see today in so many of God's people, and I'm a pastor, so one of the concerns of my heart is, is where are we as a church? Where are God's people? And I say we as a church is not just Harvest Community Church, but it's, but, it's, but it's believers in every church. Where are we? And I see an absence of hope. Proverbs says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Anybody sense the sick heart lately? The only way to get through is to have courage. There are some things in Joseph's life that I think made a big difference and I think that we can adopt in our life. And the very first thing was that Joseph was faithful to the law. The law was the word of God for the Old Testament saints. You tracking with me? That law was the word of God for the Old Testament saints, and it's no, nonetheless uh, the word of God today, but we are not under the law today. But God still, there is still the word of God, and we have the New Testament that gives us everything that we need to do to walk this life out. And it's not like God said, okay, Jesus came, now you just go out and, and do anything you want to do and act any way you want to act. 
That's not what grace is. What grace is is that finally we've been given the ability and the power to walk out this thing that God wants us to walk out. To live our life in a way that others are drawn to what God's doing in our life. And so Joseph was faithful to the law. Are we faithful to the Word of God? See, when you open up courage, you look in there and you look at the autopsy of someone who had great courage. And if you pull out, there's this little organ in there that keeps all the data of everything that we do. I'm making stuff up right now. So you're doing this autopsy and you pull out that organ and you hook it up to a computer screen and then we're able to say, you know what, I think it's going to be really helpful for us if we want to, if we want to do an autopsy on this courage so that we can have that kind of a courage, we need to be able to look and see what was going on in this person's life. So we take their hard drive out and we hook it up to a computer screen and we start downloading stuff and looking to see what was inside of them. And for that person, what you see is Scripture and Scripture and Scripture and the Word of God and the Word of God and the Word of God and the Word of God. Laying on the table next to them is the person who had no courage. And we pull out their hard drive and hook it up to a computer screen and we see television and TV and news and TV and news and TV and news and television and movies, but we see no Word of God. Now, I'm not, I am not telling you. I love movies. And I like some TV shows. I love, uh, oh shit, well, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say what I love. Because some of y'all <clears throat> may not need to watch what I love. I don't know. Andy Griffith. Where are the Andes? You know, I've heard sermons on where are the Elijahs of God. Where are the Andes of God? Somebody with a little bit of wisdom to tell Opie. And to teach Opie what he needs to do and not do. And somebody with some wisdom to know how to handle Aunt B. And somebody with some wisdom to know what you do with Barney. Where are the Andes of God? So we download all of this stuff and we're looking to see. And what we find is in the person that had courage, we find that they're that the Word of God was vital to their life. That the Word of God was breath to their everyday living. That they didn't just read the Word of God to satisfy a check mark so that I can say I did my daily devotions. But the Word of God made them devoted to Jesus through their life. He was faithful to the Word. Faithful to the law. How faithful are we? And if we wonder why we don't have courage, maybe we go back and we can check that. And you don't have to die for us to pull the hard drive out to find out. 
Just sit down alone with the Holy Spirit. And he can start showing you things. This is how you got there. Have you, anybody ever royally messed up? Anybody? I'm going to turn around. I don't want to see. I don't want to see who it is. Anybody ever royally messed up? Have you ever sit down after that to say, I need to see how I got here? Religion teaches us when we royally mess up that for the next 30 years what we're supposed to do is continually feel so guilty that we can't do anything in life. That's what religion does. What God says is you're forgiven. Now what I want you to do is figure out how you got there so that you don't go back there again. And a whole lot of it is going to have to do with what's going on in our minds. And whether or not we are choosing to follow his plan for our life or our own plan for our life. Does that make sense? So, Joseph was a man, he was faithful to the law. But then, God began to speak to him. And the thing that I thought was really interesting is that he, he never argued. God sent an angel to speak to him. In, in a dream, but he never argued. As soon as he woke up, it was like, okay, let's do this thing. This is so simple. What, what I'm talking about is so simple. It's getting in the Word and doing it. He was in the law. He got the Word, and then he did it. He got the Word, and then he did it. We get the word, and then we find 12 preachers hoping that one of them is going to tell us that what we think we just read, we really didn't read, so that we can continue to do what it is the Holy Spirit's telling us not to do. Is this? Okay. For all, for all my family online. I need you this morning because I am not getting any help here. Except one preacher. Where'd that come from? All right, got that preacher right there. Yeah. I need I need your help. And I need your help online. Because we need courage. I don't know. See, see, we got courage back in the spring. And, and our courage said, you know what? We'll make it to the end of the year and this COVID thing will be over. Hallelujah. And right now, what we're seeing is that it's worse now than it was in the spring. And if we don't have courage, hopelessness will grip our heart and we will not follow out the plan of God. And God's plan for our life is to turn this world upside down with a spirit-filled church where he can pour out his spirit on all flesh. And he can prophesy through your sons and daughters. And the old men are going to dream dreams and the young men are going to see visions. 
I want to make sure that at least for us as Harvest Community Church, that if God says, I've got a dream that I need to give somebody, that he doesn't have a hard time finding somebody in this congregation to give that dream to. And if he says, I need to find a young man who will walk with me in such a way that I can give him a vision that he can find somebody. And if he says, I, I need a young lady who will, who will allow me to use her to bring prophecies into the earth that, that he doesn't have to say, I wish I could find somebody, but they're not there. All he has to say is, guys, you know, I mean, what if the angels say, Lord, uh, we've, looked at a, we've looked at a thousand churches. We just can't find anybody down there. The old men, we can't even give them a dream. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to do. They, they're, they're, there's, there's nobody there with a heart receptive enough to receive it. And we've tried to give visions to some of the young men, but their minds are so given to, to lust and debauchery that I can't find anybody that I can actually put a holy thought in. And then the Lord says, Obviously, y'all haven't been to Harvest Community Church. I got a whole bunch of them from, from, from kids all the way up to 100 years old and whatever. I got all kinds of them down there. Get over there because I'm going to use them to bring some things into this earth that I want to bring into this earth because they're ready to walk out my plan. They're ready to give up their own plans. They're ready to ditch their own plans and they're ready to embrace my plans because they're in my word and they're faithful to my word. And then all they do when I tell them is they just do it. The answer is, Lord, you want it done? Yes, sir. And we just do what it is that he tells us to do. But it takes courage. Because some people are going to laugh at you. Some people are going to look at you and say, wait a minute. But you're David Ray. You're just Veronica. Mary was just Mary. I would say Mary's family, they probably were not all looking around saying, this girl, she walks three feet off the ground. I'm, surely God's going to do something great through her life. No, Mary got up. She, she, she bathed like everybody else. She, she dressed like everybody else. She ate like everybody else. She, she did everything everybody. Why? Because she was a human being that God chose to work through. And Joseph, couldn't be Joseph. He doesn't spend all of his time in the temple. He doesn't pray 24 hours a day. He doesn't have the entire um, Old Testament memorized. No, those were the religious leaders that had all that done, and God couldn't even work through them. So he found Joseph, a man that got up every day and strapped his boots on and went out and built houses. Made furniture. Just an everyday, ordinary person. But Joseph had to have the courage to realize that Mary was being used by God. 
Y'all tracking with me? See, it takes some courage to do that. Because, see, Carla is Carla to me. I mean, I see her. She puts her shoes on like everybody else, and she, she doesn't, some of y'all think she floats, you know. It's like some kind of an angelic being, and, and I mean, she's close. She's an amazing woman, but she's human. So I have to have the courage to look at my wife and say, that is a person blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And I will treat her as such. Now, I will tell you, I didn't always treat her as such. And I'm so thankful for God's forgiveness. I'm thankful for, for her forgiveness. And she didn't always treat me as such. And she would tell you that she's thankful for my forgiveness and for the Lord's forgiveness. But there's a place in our life that courage has to take over to say, I will not go back. I will not live as I lived before, but I will walk out God's plan for me now. And even though I may have messed it up in the past, I am moving forward with God's plan. So Joseph had in plan in his mind he was going to divorce Mary. But he woke up and he did something different because that was past. And here's the plan of God. And I'm going to walk out this plan. Remember the time when Jesus went to his hometown to do, uh, to do uh, miracles? The scripture said that he, he really couldn't do many miracles, only healed a few people. Because, why? Because all of those people saw Jesus as the kid that grew up in Mary's house. We saw him. He walked on the ground like everybody else. He did what all the other kids did. There's a point to where we have to realize that all the people around us are people that God wants to use to do His work in the earth. And you are one of them. And it's difficult for you and I to look at normal people and see that that person is someone that God can use in amazing ways. But it's even harder for us that know ourselves to look in the mirror and say that person is someone that God can use in amazing ways. Why? Because you know everything about you. You know everything about you. You know things about you that nobody knows about you. But courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is not the absence of pain. Courage is looking fear in the face and looking pain in the face and looking at a past in the face and saying, you will not control my life or hold me down or keep me 
from the plan of God for my life. That's what courage wants to do. And so we find out what is that courage. Simply, he was faithful to the word of God. And he did what God asked him to do. That is so simple. Look with me at Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Does anybody get anything out of this? No? God's delivered his people from Egypt. He's brought them through. Now they're ready to go into the promised land and Moses is no longer a part of this process of what's going on. Um, Moses has been taken on. Joseph now is taking on, or Joshua is taking on the, the mantle of leadership. So the Holy Spirit now is anointing Joshua to take the people on into the promised land. And what does he tell him? Joshua, you'll be successful in what, I'm, in what I'm asking you to do, but let me tell you what you're going to need to do to be successful. Look at verse... Well, let's look at this. Let's, let's, uh, I don't think I gave you all verse 5. Let, let, me, let me read verse 5 and then and catch up. Um, because here's God's promise to Joshua. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Pretty big promise, isn't it? But that is his promise for his leadership. Now, if you look at his life, it, it appears that some people stood against him. But nobody ever overcame him. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that promise is to every single one of us here too. And in verse 6, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. What does he say? He says, be strong and courageous. Look at verse 7. Be strong, uh, yep. be strong and courageous, be careful, be strong and very courageous, and be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Be strong. Listen to what he He didn't say pray for strength. He didn't say pray for courage. Is anybody tracking? He said be it. Sometimes we just want somebody to put their hand on our head and pray for us and something happen. The easy way. I'm still waiting for that magical diet pill <laughs> to come. Because I don't want to have to work at it. I don't want to have to say no to a cheeseburger. I want the cheeseburger to say no to me. You know what I'm saying? Is anybody with me? 
Never happened yet. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. And listen to this. I love this. Do not turn from it to, for the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. He said, I'm giving you, I'm giving you what it's going to take for you to be successful. Joseph, many years later, would live out some of these same principles, and that is being true to the Word of God and just doing what it is that God says to do. Joseph would do that. Joshua is doing it now, and he's saying, Here, here's the thing, and I think it's the same thing for us. He's saying, Joshua, I'm going I'm to tell you right now, I'm going to give you the key to success in your life. But one of the unwritten keys here is this. Because a lot of times we want to take this as the key and then do our own thing. But I think the first thing is that J Joshua had to realize that the, the plan of God for his life was to lead the people into the promised land. And, he, and anything else he tried to do, the promise of success doesn't carry. So you need to find out what God's assignment for you is. Because if, it, if, if it's not God's assignment for you, you can look back and say, I was in the Word, I did my devotions, I was meditating on the Word of God and all this, and I still didn't get success. Well, number one, we don't always know what success looks like in the eyes of God. But number two, you've got to do your assignment. And if, and, if, and if God's assignment for you is to go start a business, then to have the courage to do it. But make sure it's His assignment for you. I remember I had a friend once who told me, he said, I'm gonna, I'm, but I'm going to start a business. I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm tired of working at this place and, and, I, and I really think what I want to do is just quit there and so I want to start my business and I'm tired of working under people. I'm tired of having to do what other people tell me to do. I want to be my own boss. But until you learn how to follow another boss, you'll never be able to be your own boss. And I knew it's not going to end well. And it didn't. Many, many thousands of dollars later, the business failed why well the very first thing is it wasn't his assignment but I also know business leaders Christian businessmen and women who are very successful because it's God's assignment for their life make sure to get in your lane Make sure to get in your lane because if you're in your lane, you will be successful. I was watching a movie the other day about a guy who was a who was who was running and he was he was running for um, he was he was trying to run a 400 meter race because his brother 
was successful in running the 400 meters. So it's kind of a family thing. So he felt like he had to do the same thing. But running the 400 meter, he lost every time. He lost. And his coach kept looking at the time from the starting line to 200 meters. And, and it was amazing how fast he was. And the coach would try to tell him, you need to run 200 meter. But he didn't want to run 200 meter because he had his own plan for his own life. Finally, the coach made him run the 200 meter. And he won, 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 and he won. Why? Because he finally got into the lane. He finally got into what it was that he was supposed to be doing, not because mama and daddy wanted him to do something else. Man, oh. It's so hard for me to find a stopping place because I love talking about this stuff right here. Because it's absolutely amazing what God can do through the lives of people and young people. Listen to me. If you will, if you will get in God's lane for you, there's so many things that he can do in your life that will blow your mind. But you got to get in your lane. you got to get in his lane for you. And when you're in his lane and you're looking at the other lanes, you get tempted because you like what you see in the other lanes. Make sure, look ahead, look for the goal, and stay in your lane. Stay true to the Word of God. Look at, um, be strong and very courageous. Be careful Take care to obey. Take care to obey. Read the Word of God and, and, and obey it. Uh, obedience, obedience has gotten a bad rap. Obedience has gotten a bad rap because it's like, oh, well, that's, that's legalism. No, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me, you'll do what I say because I love you. And I've got the best intentions for your life. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Hang with me just for a second here. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. It's 11.06 for those of you that need to know. You can go back and watch it on YouTube and say, I, I slept through that last 10 minutes, but I can catch it now. So it's okay. We can do that. Keep this book of the law always, where? Do we speak the word of God anymore? I'm afraid there's a lot of things on our lips sometimes that may not be this. I think so much of Carla when, when I read this right here because when, when she was going through the, her, her brain tumor, uh, situation that's two years ago amazing miracles of God two years ago I can remember watching her when she was able to walk and there were times that she wasn't because of her stability but there are other times I would see her walk through the house and hang on to the wall and you know what I heard she was quoting scripture she was reading scriptures 
She had a whole list of healing scriptures, and she would just go through, and you know what was on her, on her lips? The Word of God. And she was just reading the Word of God, and just reading the Word of God, and just reading the Word of God, and just reading the Word of God. You don't have to have a brain tumor to do that. You don't have to be diagnosed with cancer to do that. You just got to love Him. Walk through the house. Read Scripture. Let the Word coming off your lips just plaster the walls of your house. I don't know the power of it, but what if the what if the enemy can't stand that? What if he comes in and everything you've been having come out of your lips has been like stuck to the wall and everywhere he looks is scripture. You can't see them in the spiritual world, but you've been speaking them and all of a sudden it's like everywhere you go. Man, what is this? The word of God plastered to the walls. Why? Because you've been speaking it. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, so don't go out of here saying, and, you know, somebody's going to say, Pastor, yours is crazy. Ain't nothing in the Bible says that's happening. I Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it. The first 15 minutes of your day. Meditate on it day and night. Do you know why we have to meditate on it day and night? Listen to me. Do you know why we have to meditate on it day and night? Look what he said. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. We have to meditate on it day and night to do it. Because the Sunday sermon, not going to do it. The word of God off my preacher's lips is not going to change my life. Word of God one day a week is not going to change my life. But when we're in it, and we're in it, and we're in it, and we're in it, and we're meditating on it, and we're thinking about it. Why? Because it is the word of our Father to us. It'll change our life. And I love that because he just says, be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And then he goes again, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, which tells me that the presence of fear was there. So he's not saying, I will take fear away. He's saying, you're going to face fear every step of the way. When you get up tomorrow morning, you're going to face fear. Next week, you're going to face fear. Next month, you're going to face fear. But when you face it, he's not saying, I'm going to take it away. God, please take this fear from me. No, he's saying, I'm not taking it away from you. I want you to get some courage. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. These are all do nots. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Where's your courage level? Are you giving in to fear? Is fear gripping your heart? 
Is fear leading the way? Are you afraid that you're going to get COVID and die? I'd like to tell you that that will never happen. But Donnie may say, hey, bud, uh, can't tell him that. But here's what I can tell you. In the face of a horrible, horrible virus, when fear comes upon you, look it in the face. And say, I am not going to let fear take me out. I'm going to walk with courage. And I can have the courage to know that if I leave this world, I leave this world to go into a better world. But as long as I'm alive, I want to do everything I can do to see that better world lived out in this world. The kingdom of God being lived through our lives. Where's your courage? Where is your courage? Some of you may say, I, I, but I don't, I don't have any courage because I don't know Jesus. That's the first place to start. Can you have courage that you're going to be able to overcome the drug situation? Can you have courage that you're going to overcome this relational situation that you're in? Can you have courage to know that you're going to live this life? Can you have courage in the middle of not knowing whether you're going to have a job next week or not? Can you have courage in the middle of not knowing whether your children are going to repent and get their act straight or not? Can you have courage in the middle of wondering if your marriage is going to make it? Can you have courage? Yes! Because our courage comes from a confidence in God. Our courage comes from confidence in God. And I find that confidence when I walk in Him in relationship and when His Word has a priority in my life and I say, I'm going to do your plan. And we walk it out. If you've never trusted Jesus, simple as Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and you're a Savior who came to save sinners. And right now, I repent of my sins, and I invite you into my life. Lord, be my Savior. It's that simple. And I encourage you to invite Him. And for the rest of us, I want us to make sure that before we leave here, or maybe even after we get home, and for those of you that are already home, take some time to sit down and look within. And when you see your courage is waning and you wonder what's happening and why am I feeling so hopeless reach deep down inside 
and realize God's plan is going to require courage. But he's got enough for everybody. But we just got to know where it comes from. Lord, we praise you. Thank you so much, Lord, for your love. I thank you today that we can stand in the midst of all of the things that we see in this world. And even in the face of fear and even in the face of moments of sorrow, but we can face those things with courage because we have confidence in you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.